Hello, and welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Welcome, everybody, to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and we have Dr. David Hanscom with us today. Hi, David. Hey, Tom. How are you doing? Well, pretty good. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, anxiety base- basics. And you've, uh, in, in your posts and previous podcasts, you, you've talked about anxiety and pain uh, quite a bit. And I think for some of our listeners, it would be good to know what the physiologic relationship between anxiety and pain is and and how they're related. Well, first of all, I want to emphasize that this particular topic, this particular podcast is is maybe the most important one you will ever hear. And, And the reason why this is that anxiety is universal. It's a common survival emotion or sensation. And right now we're treating it as a psychological issue and that's not correct. So I really want the listeners to understand one simple thing, which is really, really critical, is that anxiety is simply a neurochemical response to stress. That's it, it's a survival response to stress. It is not psychological. The reason why it's so critical to understand is that this neurochemical response is part of the unconscious nervous system, which is approximately a million times stronger than the conscious brain. So there's nothing we can do in our conscious awareness to actually solve this problem. So again, it's just a sensation generated by the body's stress chemicals to a threat, which is a physical threat or a mental threat, it doesn't matter. It goes to a similar part of the brain, it gives you the same chemical response. So once you have that chemical response, then you feel anxious. So what's happening, we're treating anxiety. The other thing that's really critical, which is the topic of another just a podcast, is that anxiety literally drives everything. It drives physical disease, it drives mental health issues. This untreated, unexplained, or under misunderstood concept of anxiety is literally destroying the human race. And this sounds like a very grandiose statement. But once you understand how basic this concept is and how critical it is, it'll make sense to you. So let's go back to anxiety just for a second. We're somehow treating in psychological manual that anxiety is a quote psychological issue. There's a whole group of anxiety disorders. And the problem is that people have to understand that really modern mental health came about really in the mid-1800s. Freud was 1880, 1890. And of course, the 1900s, where things, 20th century things um, transformed a lot. But you know, prior to 1850, like people that lost their minds or were mentally ill should be put into basically dungeons, prisons, insane asylums. But there's no treatment. Nobody really tried to understand this in very much detail, or they didn't understand. And there was empathy in some support systems, but really people that had anxiety, depression, other different issues really weren't treated correctly at all. So first of all, the whole world of mental health is a new field in general. Second of all, the neuroscience research has completely changed the game here around consciousness and mental health. So... What happens, we think anxiety is the cause of the problem, it's the response to a stress. Now, every living creature has anxiety reaction, whether they feel anxiety or not, every living creature has a survival response to a threat. So let's take a mammal, for instance, you're, you're a cat being stalked by a coyote, you obviously go into fight or flight response, so this cat's gonna go into adrenaline, cortisol, and histamines, and it's gonna increase its blood supply to the muscle, 
decrease the blood supply to the brain, decrease the blood supply to the gut, etc. The only object of this survival response is survival. So all the blood flow and all the nervous system is geared towards the fight or flight response. That's it. Not rational. It's automatic. It's instantaneous. So it works. So the animal has more adrenaline, more cortisol, and it survives or it doesn't. So it's not only survival of the, mo of the fittest, it's also survival of the most anxious. But because by definition, the creatures that did not pay attention to their environmental cues didn't survive. So the humans that exist right now represent the end of many, many millions of years of evolution, where the survival response is very key. And it's just the way life is. You're not going to get rid of it. You have to have anxiety to survive. You're not going to solve it. The problem is the more you try to fight it, the stronger it becomes. Now, the problem that humans have, which is a major problem, is that thoughts create the same reaction as a physical threat does. So thoughts and concepts that are unpleasant create the same, a similar part of the brain, creates a similar, almost identical chemical response, then you feel anxiety. The problem that humans have is that you can't escape your thoughts. You can suffer with them, which we know how to do. We can complain a lot, etc. You can suppress them, which is very, very common, sort of my go-to method, but I think most people. People don't, don't like to feel anxious, so they don't. And then the final thing is masking, which is extraordinarily common and the driving force behind the opioid epidemic is that with opioids is actually the mental pain is a problem, it's not the physical pain. And so what happens is that you can do workaholic, gambling, sex addictions, any addiction, workaholic, et cetera, cigarettes, all these things decrease anxiety and they actually work. So masking works where the masking behavior takes place, but of course, once that masking behavior is over, then you're back to the basic feeling of anxiety. So the problem with inability to escape your thoughts is really ironic because not only when you try to suppress your thoughts, can you not escape them? It's actually been documented research out of Harvard in 1987. There's a huge trampoline effect. You actually think the thoughts more. So you're trapped. Humans are trapped by their thoughts. So I think that the basis of chronic pain, by the way, is a sustained reaction, chemical reaction to thoughts and concepts. So in, in essence, what you're saying is the body doesn't distinguish whether something is an external threat or a thought. And, and because humans, I mean, we're, we're, we're constantly thinking, we're constantly embedded in a world of our thoughts um, and we can't escape them. We have to, we use these strategies that can actually make the situation worse. As you said, well, it's or mask. So it's ironic to be thinking in terms of neuroplasticity. In other words, your brain changes every second. So your brain's going to develop where you place its attention. So as your attention is on trying to fight or solve these thoughts, you actually give them more attention, you actually reinforce the circuits. So what happens as far as the solution, which is, again, the entire doc project is around this. So let me talk about anxiety just for a little bit more with, with sustained neurochemical response is that people ask the question, is mental health more important or physical health more important? They actually, they're linked. Turns out that the mental input's more important because you can't escape it. With the physical threat, you generally escape the threat, problem solved. So the problem is, is that the mental threat translates into these body chemical changes 
And then when they're sustained, it translates into physical symptoms. So since you have so much alterations in the body's chemistry, each organ responds in its own way. You have over 30 physical symptoms from the sustained adrenaline anxiety during the response. So without digressing too far here, I want to go back to the basic concept. Anxiety is a sensation generated by the body's stress chemicals. Conversely, when you feel relaxed and at play, you have oxytocin, which is the love drug, serotonin, an antidepressant. There's the GABA drugs, which are like Valium. Then you have dopamine, which are the reward chemicals. So we just sit back and visualize for a second the combination of what your body is looking like for all these stress chemicals, which are wired, fight or flight, a very unpleasant sensation. And by the way, since it's a survival response, the sensation generated by these chemicals is very unpleasant, very unpleasant. I mean, it will do anything to escape anxiety, right? So that's, by, again, an evolutionary response is that the most anxious species, the ones that survived. Conversely, when you're at play in the sun, relaxed on the beach, talking to friends, your body's full of these beautiful chemicals and you feel relaxed. So again, relaxation is a sensation generating the body's stress chemicals. So I, I digressed horribly from your first question about this concept of this neurochemical response. What is it to pain? So remember, pain is just one sensory input. We know that every sensation, whether it's vision, touch, taste, sound, or smell, can be pleasant or unpleasant, right? right. And so with every sensation, there's called the physical nociceptive component and the emotional or affective component. In other words, when you have an unpleasant sensation, if your affect is at play, having fun, playing tech football in the boxing ring, et cetera, you don't have nearly the pain you would have if you're in a bad mood or being threatened or bullied. So is that perception, is that emotional response to that pain impulse also determined what's going on? So for instance, I was saying about this a minute ago before this interview started. I hope people have grown up more than I was when I was a teenager, but we had this crazy game called Punch-Out. <laughs> Did you ever play that game or hear uh, this? I, I, never, I never played it in a formal way, but I, I can imagine from the name. <laughs> I think it was probably eighth and ninth grade why our quote friends, if you want to call them friends, we would hit each other arms as hard as we could. And at some point after about 10 punches, your arm could hardly move. And one person would say, give. Of course, the person who gave was the person launched well, lost the game, right? Right. So obviously there was pain, right? But I right. wasn't anxious. In fact, we were having fun. Same thing in football. I mean, obviously your body's full of different chemicals, but a lot of those chemicals are endorphins and dopamine reward chemicals and the thrill of teamwork, et cetera, et cetera. So look at people that are playing tackle football, which is stunning what they can put up with. I, if any one of us put up with that, we would just we couldn't take it, right? Right. So it's not only just a pain tolerance, because those people, unfortunately, take care of them later on in life when they've had knee replacements, et cetera. Their pain response is the same. It's not like they handle pain differently, but the body chemistry in the middle of a boxing match or a football game is markedly different than if they're in a situation where they're, they're trapped by some reason. So the irony of chronic pain is that the pain does get memorized by the body. So you are trapped by pain and you're trapped by anything. The body's full of stress chemicals, right? So chronic pain is ironic because initially it's just a simple sensory input that's unpleasant. So you take avoidance behavior and you move or solve the problem. But in chronic pain, you can't use your usual escape mechanism to get rid of the pain. 
So remember, pain is just a sensation. Then your body has to interpret this sensation as pleasant or unpleasant. And people's pain thresholds are different. But also when you're stressed out, not sleeping, other circumstances are really bothering you. It does change your body's chemistry. What happens as far as pain goes, by the way, just to be very specific, is that when you're full of stress, stress chemicals, it doubles your nerve conduction. But that makes sense from a survival standpoint because obviously you're, you're hypervigilant, you're hyper alert, you're geared towards both sensing the danger and avoiding the danger. So what happens is that when you're full of stress chemicals, then your body actually feels the pain more. You have the same impulse the next day where you relax, having fun, goofing around with your children or whatever, that same pain impulse feels a lot different. What we found out in our office is that, is that we just ask a simple question to people, you know, what's going on, what's your life like? Very often, probably 80% of the time, people will tell you, yeah, I have, I have had a huge stress. And these stresses are unspeakable how terrible they are. And often the pain starts right around the time of this major stress change. Well, stress didn't cause the pain. The stress changed the body's chemistry. Then it changed the pain threshold. So where that pain threshold was at level X before, it's now at level Y, which is lower. And you start feeling the pain. And unfortunately, the, where the bone spur is, is where the pain's going to light up the first. So often, so what we found out was simply help people get through their stress or give them some time to heal. Even the surgical patients with the bone spurs that, with matching symptoms, calm down and the pain goes away. Again, we've altered the body's chemistry. So I, I don't want to digress here. I mean, this whole topic of anxiety is the core of the entire doc project. And I really want to, want to step way back in the conversation and just say it again. Anxiety is a sensation generated by the body's stress chemicals. So the solution to anxiety, which we'll talk about later, is two things. I'm sorry, it's one thing. It's basically decrease the body's stress chemicals. That's it. So if you want to talk about it, you can't control your anxiety, but you can direct your nervous system to go a different direction. So ways to decrease your stress chemicals include mindfulness, meditation, relaxation, different types of things. And again, that's, all, that's the topic of the whole doc project. Mm -hmm. But the other strategy is you decrease your brain, brain's reactivity to stress, called neuroplasticity. So instead of being stress automatic survival response, is stress less of a survival response. So we have a choice. When you start making those choices over and over and over again, you have less adrenaline, less pain, less anxiety. So again, that's the essence of the DOC project is that you literally are becoming aware of the stress, become aware of your reaction to the stress, and then using what we call somatic tools, you're simply choosing a different response. So it's not positive thinking, it's positive substitution, and your brain actually physically changes. We now know that from functional MRI scans. The one metaphor I use a lot is like directing a river into a different channel. So again, I'm going to say it again, anxiety is a sensation, sensation gener generated by the body's stress chemicals. If you find ways to decrease the stress chemicals, whether you decrease the responsiveness to stress or actually lower the stress chemicals physically, both of those decrease anxiety. If you want to talk about it, discuss it in detail, you're actually going to put your attention on the pathways. And I point out to my patients, you must well put your hand right in the middle of a hornet's nest. Just visualize yourself, put your hand right into a hornet's nest of survival responses. That's what you do when you try to talk about and solve anxiety. Can't do it. There's a powerful neurochemical survival response. 
the key is to separate from it, decrease the adrenaline, decrease the responsiveness. As the stress chemicals drop, the sensation of anxiety drops dramatically. And then the final thing I want to say, this is actually outlined really beautifully in this book called Sapiens, but something I've thought about for a long time, is that your sense of well-being depends on one thing. It really depends on your body's stress chemicals. So you can accomplish things and do things and own things and be things. But if your body's stress chemicals are, ele stress chemicals are elevated, your sense of well-being is very low. Conversely, if your body's full of the chemicals we talked about, oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, and the GABA drugs, you feel good. So your sense of well-being really depends on your body's chemistry, and that's what the whole process does. And again, the, the DOC project is just using well-established techniques to change the body's response to stress. That's it. Well, David, I want to thank you very much for uh, really uh, going through in such a thorough way that connection between uh, pain and, and anxiety. Uh, I think this is very enlightening and, and hopeful, I think, for our listeners in that they have, well, you can't, uh, you can't control those uh, cascade of neurochemicals being triggered um, when there's a perceived threat. You can, you can change your response and, and lessen the pain that you experience, if, I, if I'm understanding this right. Yeah, you decrease the body stress chemicals, it changes the nerve conduction, it slows it down, and you actually feel less pain. But again, when I talk to patients about, look, do you want to get rid of your pain, your physical pain with surgery, or do you want to get rid of your anxiety, which is going to get worse, by the way, with time and repetition, almost everybody wants to get rid of the anxiety. People can sort of deal with the pain, but it's that unrelenting anxiety that, that just tortures us. And I went through the process myself, as you well know, for 15 years, and the worst part of the process was I have pain, probably more physical pain now than I did before, with some arthritis on my hips and knees, but I don't have the anxiety. And when I get the anxiety, I just use the tools that we've been practicing for a long time and just decrease the body stress chemicals. My day's fine. Well, David, I'd, I'd like to thank you for uh, uh, being on the show today and, and clarifying this uh, relationship between uh, pain and anxiety. And uh, remind our listeners that uh, we'll have another show next week. Uh, and the topic will be Fail Well. And we hope you'll join us then. So, David, uh, thank you very much. And we'll talk again next week. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for listening today. And join us next week for Back in Control Radio. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.